0: Call us on 86 21 minutes after eight the time good morning you with sfm lots going on this morning as you as you as of course you know uh, people have been talking about the election date uh, now we know the 29th of may uh, this year is when we'll be going to vote i don't know um, how much time you've spent looking at cryptocurrencies and things like that lots of people have been talking about brock blockchain and it becomes it seems easier and easier to actually invest in these at the same time You know, um, I find that uh, I I find it difficult to invest in something I don't fully understand. Wehan Olufio is a partner in fintech and digital asset lead at Mazars in South Africa. Wehan, good morning. Thanks for your time. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me this morning. There's a lot of jargon in all of this, Suvihan. So I'm going to ask you to use very short words, please, to explain this. But from what I can see, there seems to be a bit more of a trend to make it easier, and this is through regulations, through stock exchanges, to actually invest in Bitcoin and blockchain. Is that what's happening?
1: Yeah, so that's exactly what's been happening. Over the past couple of years, um, one was able to invest in blockchain based digital assets such as Bitcoin. Um, to the um, utilisation of of virtual asset service providers or cryptocurrency exchanges, as we refer to them, uh, and of course the industry has mostly been unregulated in South Africa for quite some time now. With the FACA, the FIC, and the FIS Act introducing regulations uh, at the end of of last year, or let's say towards the start of last year rather. Uh, so, therefore, the regulations are coming coming to the industry in South Africa. But essentially, what we've seen is is uh, this is for retail investors particularly, but for Commercial investors such as banks and, and, and big investment funds and those types of um, uh, vehicles aren't necessarily able to directly invest into cryptocurrency exchanges or through cryptocurrency exchanges rather, into the asset class itself, which created this need for a more regulated and structured uh, type of vehicle, and, and therefore ETF actually or exchange traded funds, as we call them, uh, essentially creates this vehicle that, that's needed to create um, to get exposure. Uh, through, um, uh, through these funds to uh, to blockchain-based digital assets such as Bitcoin.
0: It's easy to get sort of confused about what we're talking about. But, I mean, if you look at some of the headlines, cryptocurrencies crashed. There was the big um, crypto exchange FTX that had a big crash in 2022. I mean, the price of Bitcoin went, I think it was $46,000, all the way down to $20,000 US. I I mean, I don't know if people would put money into something where that's happened quite recently. Could easily happen again.
1: Yeah, well, you're 100% right. I think the the, the fact what what happened with FTX is quite um, uh, 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 something that can be discussed in quite in, in a separate conversation. But that essentially related to corporate fraud that was conducted by the management of FTX and, of course, the SEC dealing with, with that specific matter as well. In terms of the volatility that you're referring to, uh, blockchain-based digital assets such as Bitcoin and all the other cryptocurrencies out there, is an extremely volatile asset class. So on a daily basis, you'll see heavy fluctuations on a day-to-day. And of course, the reasoning for that is because it's, it's the, the nature and the economics of, of the asset class itself. It's a it's an asset class that's being traded 24-7 around the world that's in, being impacted by by various markets and also impacted by various regulations, adding to that element of volatility. Now, of course a lot of people still believe um, uh, Bitcoin, for example, to be a store of value. And it's it's proven itself to be a store of value, irrespective of the volatility uh, being uh, 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 subjected to or being viewed on a a daily basis. Um, So so therefore, it has some merit to be seen as an investment asset class for for people and, and even organizations to invest in. I mean, if you think back to, to MicroStrategy, which is a company listed on the, uh, on the NASDAQ in the U.S., uh, they currently hold, I think, $2.6 billion worth of Bitcoin on their balance sheet as well, specifically for the reason uh, as seeing it as a store of value uh, and hedging themselves against the devaluation of, of traditional fiat currencies.
0: To me, and, and call me a conservative, Wehan, but I mean, one of the things about the RAND is that I know who is responsible for keeping up its value and I know who to blame. I know which individuals they are, you know, and they're at the Reserve Bank and to an extent, I suppose, they're the people who make financial policy and government. With all of the things that you're talking about, I don't quite know. It seems to be quite confusing to an outsider as to know. I mean, you know, the last crash um, really seems to have been the result of crookery um, yeah. and, and I think trust is one of the big issues here. I understand the, the sort of science behind it and that no one can really you know, mess with the system. I appreciate that. But I think trust is a big issue.
1: Yeah, you're 100% right. I mean, the big thing that that gives Bitcoin advantage above all other cryptocurrencies is the protocol itself has a set a set of rules and it's completely distributed as well. So no one is able to manipulate the system in terms of issuing additional coins or, or circumventing the rules that's been issued uh, and created within the protocol itself. With if you're comparing something like Bitcoin to the South African government, of course, there's multiple points of failures and, and variables that need to be taken into consideration there to determine whether the South African RAND will be a store of value. But Bitcoin in its, in its own can be more compared to that of gold. I mean, it's got exactly the same characteristics of gold in terms of scarcity, divisibility. It can't be counterfeited. Um, it can be used as a, a medium of exchange. Of course, the price of gold is also volatile. The only benefit that, that Bitcoin, for example, has is it's electronics. So it essentially is a, a ledger of scarcity that's recorded and has certain functions in place, including public and private key cryptography, distributed ledger technology, and this consensus mechanism to make sure that the the transactions being executed on the blockchain itself is secure. So, I mean, you can send Bitcoin from from one uh, wallet to another wallet in a a question of of 7 to 10 minutes, um, uh, and essentially you won't be able to do that with gold. Mm. So the transferability of, of the asset class itself has some advantages. Now, of course, I do understand and appreciate the volatility associated with the asset class, but over the longer term, we'll see the asset class being utilized as well as that medium of exchange. As we saw, I mean, at the, I think it was at the start of last year where you can pay actually accepts Bitcoin as a means of payment. And, of course, it utilizes the, the sure. Bitcoin Lightning Network to facilitate that. But, I mean, a lot of evolution is going on in the background uh, in terms of the asset class. It's really still in its infancy.
0: Rian, all thank you. Partner for Fintech and Digital Asset Lead at Mazars.